welcome to another episode of What You Wearing. On this episode, we're going to do a deep dive in a fabulous submarine into the world of Old Navy. That's right, we're going to get real about what's really happening in American fashion. The down low, the real deal. The real deal. We're going to do a vocabulary word, and then unfortunately, you're going to have to listen to my rant. Uh-oh, here we go. Here we go. It's a rant <laughs> coming up on What, what You're Wearing. Welcome to What You're Wearing. This is Mark Allen Harmon. And William Clark Jr. And we are here to bring fashion to you. Don't be afraid of it. <laughs> to you, to you, to you, and you, yeah, and you. I'm not sure if you have to pay for that now. I'm not sure like how all that licensing works. Yeah, might. We might. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Julie Andrews, we love her. She'll be nice to we us. Do you, do you know what I just played the other day in my Do you know car? she was a client of mine at Bottega Veneta? I think you told me that. Was she just as lovely as you would She help? was exactly what you would expect. Wow. You know what I just randomly listened to the other day in my car? What? So sometimes when I'm driving, I play YouTube. Now, okay. don't don't get afraid. Cause okay, I'm, I'm already afraid because you said don't be afraid. But well, okay. Well, because on YouTube, you can find all of these live performances. Okay, yeah. So I was driving along and I wanted to hear Lady Gaga sing the Sound of Music medley that she did that year at the Oscars. Oh, beautiful. Do you remember? It was oh, like, yeah, of course. Take down. It was the most beautiful thing. I, I, I was like, wow, that girl really brought it. And then yeah. she bowed to Julie Andrews when Julie Andrews walked on stage, which you absolutely should. Right. But I just thought it was such a, a brilliant moment. I love that. Yeah. And, and I do love that she, of a relatively young artist, gives props and respect to the artists that came before her and she's very you know conscious of that that's amazing and she does seem to be we're talking about lady gaga now not julie andrews but she does seem to be a bit of a really an artist in that she plays the piano and Mm -hmm. she writes music and she's really understands and is very interested in the craft that she's doing 100 percent. and i i think when she sings uh uh more traditional standard like music yeah that's when you can hear she's a real singer and she did that whole thing with tony bennett which i never that's when i fell in love really yeah i was tony bennett i wasn't a gaga monster i was not into it i i hadn't i just was not into her i heard that album and then I was hooked. Really? I was like, wow, okay, this girl is the real deal. I'm not a big Tony Bennett fan. Well, I well, I, since I grew up singing, I, I sang all of oh, those old right. standards and stuff. But Harlem Boys Choir. Yes, first soprano. I forgot. I forgot. Soprano. First soprano. What? Oh, excuse me. Those first, days are gone. First soprano. <laughs> <laughs> you have a bass laugh. I mean, you should be like that one character on The Color Purple. Have you seen that musical? That thing was brilliant. Oh, yeah, of oh. course. I oh, yeah. just love that. So I just got back in town. I have been down in South Orange County okay. for what feels like weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. And during this time, I've done this slight pivot and have been doing some interior design work for a Gorgeous. client down there. So I did a conversion of this bedroom and I turned it into a grandkids room for her beach house. Wow. Yeah. And it has the under the sea theme and there's like these beautiful paintings of fish and it's got bunk beds and an L shape. I designed the whole thing and anyway, and then I did some other guest rooms while I was down there. I just got tired of the bedding, so I threw it away and bought new bedding. And 
it was interesting as I was doing it how I began to see that putting together a room is very much like putting together an outfit. A thousand percent. You know, like you get, you start out by, okay, what are the colors? What are the colors we're going to do in this room? Very much like when I get up, I'm like, do I want to wear blue today? Do I want to wear navy today? Mm -hmm. Or what do I want to wear aqua that? today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like blue. Um, and I just found myself really amazed at how easy it was to kind of connect all of that together. Yeah. And um, to be um, aesthetically just kind of finding my way through interior design was really amazing. It turned out just beautifully. But it was it was interesting how color goes cross over so easily. Yeah, I mean, if you have, if, if you have the talent and the knowledge to put any kind of elements together, it's all, it's, it's the same thing. It's not it wouldn't be any different. It's like pillows, accessories. Now, but what about fashion? So you think all fashion designers have beautiful homes that they do themselves? Or do you... Most of them, yeah. But that they do them themselves, you think? Oh, yeah. Really? And they're always exceptionally amazing. Like, yeah, I just wonder how many of those are like working with... Like Calvin well, Klein. I wonder if Calvin had this really beautiful modern house before he had all of his boyfriends after <laughs> Kelly. Remember Kelly Klein? Of course. Oh, Kelly. I actually uh, did the windows for Calvin Klein's first store on Madison Avenue, New York. Oh, it's closed. Yeah. I mean, it was a gorgeous store. Gorgeous. But his aesthetic was so clean and so minimal that if you saw anything else as far as his living situation... You'd be like, you can tell, you can tell if someone's done their own own home, whether they're a designer or not. Actually, you can, you can, you can tell. But what's more charming? I think it's more charming when the person's personality and they do it themselves. Yeah, right. I think so. Like I, I feel like that's something that makes a a beach house or a cabin or something so much more cozy. Mm -hmm. Is it's really that own person's, you know, um, art. Exactly. The own person's there. Maybe something that they painted. Maybe it's their their own aesthetic of things that they've loved that they just couldn't let go of. So they just say, "Oh, send it to the beach or send it to the cabin." Right. And 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 I think you least. I think you have to at least be part of the 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 process. Let's say with. Let's say you do hire an interior person. You can also tell the two people have worked together, the owner and the the artist. But if sometimes you go into homes and you can tell they just gave license to some interior person, and then that's when it doesn't feel authentic, I, I think. Yeah, I used to work with this guy named Ron Wilson. May he rest in peace. Oh. And Ron did Eddie Murphy's house, but he did Cher's house. And he got Cher... He got, he got Eddie from Cher. Because Cher had this thing in her house. You go in, and there's a button you can push. It literally opens the ceiling. So Is that the Malibu the one? The Malibu Monstrous House. Oh, yes. Ron I, did that house. It was an architectural digest. Oh, yeah. It's been everywhere. Yeah. Ron's been published a bunch. And it's kind of got a gothy... Yeah, it's kind of got a gothy thing. Vibe. I, I've actually not been in that house, but... Uh, when I was doing work with Eddie, that you go in and you open the rooftop and it's just like, it's air, it's, it's extraordinary. But I wonder, uh -huh. like, I feel like for those people he was creating with them and then all of just the wealthy people that wanted to work with him because he'd done Sharon Eddie Murphy. But you saw the difference, didn't you? Nah. As a, well, as opposed to people hiring because of his association with celebrity, those are the people that probably... Just said, hey, you here, you do it. Exactly. Those are the people that were the climbers. What do we call it? The wannabes that were just right. wanting to be. But Eddie and Cher is going to be on you. I think so. They're not going to just mean, hand you cash and you, say, do what you want. You would hope so. But, you know, some people are busy. 
So, I, I don't know. I mean, I know, I, I feel like Eddie and, and Nicole at the time were really on top of what was going on there, but um, I, I don't know, it's just found to be a very interesting thing. As I was working on this house, I kept thinking to myself, the one that I was doing, I just kept thinking, who am I to be doing this? And can I, and as I was putting it together, I'm like, I can totally do this. It's the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's the same it's, thing. It's just different elements. It's it's totally different. And it, really, the comforter and the throw pillows are the scarf or the tie. Yeah. You know, the house but, is the customer. Yeah. The woman or the man. Yeah. And the furniture is like the shoes. Like, it's really just yeah. putting together uh, each room, having it be an own look and all yeah. that. I, I find it to be very fascinating. And as you can tell from my house, my house is definitely decorated by me. Yeah. <laughs> now, the studio is a hot mess because I got more giveaways in here and all these things to deliver. But I'll make sure I pack a bag. Yeah, pack a bag of my <laughs> old stuff. And then, um, but like my house, I like to have things that are from my world travels and things yeah. from my grandmother and things from people that I've loved in my life. And I just, I, I like having it be personal. I think when you get into a house that's too sterile, I just feel like you. Well, you feel like you're in a, a hotel and you want to feel like you're in, in a home. Yes. So you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Now, Dive in. it is time for a vocabulary word. I think my vocabulary word is... You think? You I think know. You're not sure? I do know. It is the word bias. Okay, bias. Like, like, um, bias. How do you spell that? B-I-A-S. Okay, bias. Just like it sounds. Like yeah. if you're have Like if you're biased against something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's basically the way uh, fabric is cut. Um, most of the time, fabric is cut on the grain. Okay, okay, okay. You're going to have to back up. On what the, are you talking about right now? On the grain, I guess the best the way grain. to describe the fabric grain... Fabric has grain? Yeah. I guess the best way to describe grain would be like, uh, let's say, okay, a screen door. Yeah, okay, great. You know, you see how it's just straight up and down the, the way it weaves it's together. It's like a grid, right? It's a grid. Yeah. Bias cut, you'll... Twist the the uh, the grid in like a forty five degree angle. Okay, so so fabric is made as a crisscross. Right. It's 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 yeah straight so up and down. All fabric is that, but then it's cut. So and rather like if you had a piece of fabric right that was that laid out like you're at the um, Karen's fabric store, right? And you have this big long piece of fabric laid out on the counter. Yes. Rather than cutting from one side to the other side straight across, like you used to always do with your mom at the fabric right. store, instead in the of going 80s, up and going straight right, up, you go diagonally. Exactly. And can you cut anything on the bias then? You can, but depending on the fabrication, the more delicate it is, the way more harder it is. Which is why, like, you know, in the 90s when Galliano... Because Galliano kind of brought it back into fashion after it being... John Galliano. John Galliano. He just says Galliano. Galliano. Right. It's it, not Galano either, by the way. It's There's Gal- a whole other... Remember Galano? No. Galano was an old L.A. designer from the 50s. Are you talking about Galanos? Yes, that's what it is. James Galanos. He's he's major. That's a whole other <laughs> sorry, episode. Sorry, sorry. This is why I do not do vocabulary <laughs> and why I'm covering Old Navy today. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, for example, like if you let's say uh, if you took a shift dress, which is what we've talked we've talked about before. If you yep. took a shift dress and cut it <clears throat> on the straight grain, it would look straight and up and down on your body. Whereas okay. if you took that same exact pattern, but cut it on a bias, it would skim the body. I Okay, so like when I imagine a bias cut dress, the one thing I always notice is there's always like a slight puckering or a slight, um, 
gathering along the zipper or along the side seams because it's not... And that's because it's cut diagonally, that's why. That's why that ripple happens. And so there's cut diagonally. And, and so what, what is the advantage? It just gives it a little bit more of a... More shape. It skims the body. It's a sexier... The, the 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 piece the garment would fall on the body in a much more seductive sexy way. God, and that's mostly would be most effectively used on maybe a silk or on a rayon or something like a soft it, shiny fabric. The softer it is, the harder it is. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not fabulous. Oh, absolutely, it's fabulous. It's just uh, the more delicate the fabrication gets, the harder it'll be. But it can be. It's done on wool. It's it's done in all kinds of fabrics. So if I take what you're just telling me, <clears throat> yeah. I would think that a brand like Chanel is mm-hmm. very rarely cut on the bias. If you look at everything, it's pretty square and pretty straight. This right? is true. And then if I look at a brand like. But it's like not, BCBG, right? Right. I would think that they're maybe cut a little bit more in the bias because they have more slinky dresses. Is that a good way to think about it? Like to look. I guess. How would but I to know point, looking at how would I know going to a store looking at a dress that it was cut on the bias? You could almost see how it fits. You can. It, it, so it, I would have to put it on. You'd uh-huh. have to. You'd have to put it on, or you just look. If you look up real close, and if you're a textile nerd like me. You can see it when you're looking at it. And the grid will be diagonal yeah. versus straight up and down. Right. Oh, awesome. And sometimes they'll cut it, they'll also sometimes cut in a circle. And do you find that the bias cuts are actually connected to trends in style and fashion? Uh, or is it just kind of something that's always there? I think at some point it was, but I think now it's it's kind of almost always and it's almost always used to your point about uh, Chanel you might not see Chanel do bias in their day looks but as they go into evening you can start to see the slickness of right. that because I also think that there's like there were a few years ago there was that really great silk slip dress look where they threw a thin cashmere sweater over it uh-huh. and so it looked like just a long silk skirt with a cashmere sweater uh-huh. it was really a dress oh my uh-huh. look at us two in one um, like back in the, the grunge days in the 90s, that's what they would do. They would do an Angora or a cashmere like crew neck yeah. under what would look like a, a slip or lingerie. Side note, you know when I was doing that Anna Wintour piece that we yeah. did a uh-huh. few weeks ago? Yeah. That freaking Anna Wintour ended grunge single-handedly. She told people that she was no longer going to put any grunge in her magazine. And was if they showed grunge, they weren't going to do grunge anymore. I do remember that. But was she part of the beginning of that? Probably. You know, hypocrisy. Yeah. But she was over it. She was like, no more grunge. Right. I think it was hard hard to sell for luxury dollars. Yeah. And it also kind of took all of the veneer and the glamour off of... The, the models, the pieces, everything was kind of getting dark. <laughs> there was like a no Chris glamour. Kurt Cobain. Yes, Kurt Cobain. I remember when he died. Remember that? Yeah. Aww. So sad. Too bad. Okay. Vofabulary was fantastic. Thank you for telling us all about what bias is. Is there anything else I need to know about bias? You just looked at your sheet like I bias, somehow... Bias, bias. Like I, I somehow cut you off. No, no, not at all. Okay, good. So no. we, I, I cut you... We just see how we ended that whole segment, too, with yeah. just a slight pucker at the edges. Right, like bias. Like bias. It was like a bias cut ending to that segment. Charmousse of satin falling sh- over your shoulders. <laughs> We're so brilliant. <laughs> Speaking of brilliant, yes. I am now going to our Holt Looks. Let's do it. I am so irritated. 
Okay, I'm gonna go first. I, but that makes me sad that something that's I supposed to so inspire you I is am, gonna make you so sad. So, you know, our job is to come to these podcasts prepared with a hot look. Right. And so today I was like, you know what? I know the world's kind of shut down right now, but there's gotta be events happening somewhere. Yeah. So I went on E! Online, mm-hmm. and I looked at the like the last 20 red carpet looks. Okay. Okay. I don't know if all of the stylists like have COVID and are on ventilators or what is happening, but Why? these people are doing some stuff by themselves or whatever, and it's horrible. Well, I mean... It is horrible. Well, I mean, I, you know what? I, I, I saw what you're saying. You can, you can tell during COVID... They're not able to fit like they used to, or be really in the spaces of their clients. No, you no, can tell. No, no. This no is this is ugly stuff that looks ugly from the picture. Like they, if they saw the picture of it, there's one, they had no business having it over to their house. I mean, the looks were appalling. Like what? Like who? What? Who? Oh what upset you? They were. I couldn't even read their names. I was getting so upset with them. They were like bad Dolce, left and right. <laughs> Someone did something to Helen Mirren's hair, her face, her earrings. Some Dolce gown with cut on that bias with this horrible scene. That woman's eighty-seven years old or whatever she is. Now were these current? Uh, yes. Looks. Yes. Oh, there wow. was some event in Monte Carlo that went on. And then there was premieres happening still. And the premieres, I don't know what the... These premieres are probably set up in these people's backyard for a virtual premiere. I don't know. There was a lot of that going on. But still, people can just put on a black suit or put on a just like simple dress. Like, what is wrong with these people? They're supposed to be actors that have talent and have some sense of themselves. And they just throw themselves out in the world. Like, we could use some beauty right now. Well, also, I think since a lot of, like you said, the red carpets were... Virtual, I think people don't bring their A game like they yeah, would if is, there were um, thousands of people. It is unacceptable. I agree. And these people all have the money to just pull something fabulous that they own out of their closet. I agree. They don't even need a stylist to go running around putting together. They can just put some fabulous dress that they've owned that should be tailored and fit them no matter if they gain their you know, quarantine 25. <laughs> I don't know, this quarantine 10 is like not a real thing. <laughs> but if you've gained your quarantine 25 and then you're just, I, I just, I was, I, I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and it said I was on image number 47 of 500 and I you're just, like, I'm like, I'm not going to find I'm it. I'm done. There is no hope <laughs> look this week. So I am just, I mean, I hope, hope to God that you found something to tell me about because I am not feeling it right now. With what people are doing, I did. I I see what you're saying, but there are some glimpses of you know some magic. Oh my gosh! All you do is defend these clowns. Well, no, I mean I, I look for the good. Oh. And the, I look for the light. The light, oh <laughs> lord. Speaking of light, uh, as we know, Kim Jones. Uh, the creative director of the men's Kim Jones is a designer. Yes. It's not that it's not Tootie from the Facts of Life. He's that not. was Kim Fields. That's Kim Fields. Kim Jones is the creative director for Dior Men. And each season he does a collaboration with a artist. Okay, and now now well Dior he does just the men's line for Dior. Yeah, right? he just okay. does men's. Yeah. And what a, a fun fact a lot of people don't realize Mr Christian Dior was uh, an artist and ran a gallery for 20 years before he went into fashion. Wow. So it kind of makes sense that now, modern day, we have Kim working with artists today. So the artist that he worked with with this past season is... 
Kenny Scharf, who is actually an artist that kind of ran with the likes of um, uh, Andy Warhol and of that like. And he survived? Yeah, he lives actually here in New York. Here in L.A., I'm sorry. I'm like, wow, we're in New York? I really messed and up. And the cool thing is, and my connection to Kenny Scharf is, in living in New York, they would commission artists to do rooms. So there was a Kenny Scharf room in a club called The Tunnel in New York. The Tunnel. Nothing good ever happened at The Tunnel. It was good. I can, oh, Lord. It was so good. <laughs> but he uh, was commissioned by Mr. Jones for Vuitton, and he did his kind of famous... Uh, how do I describe Kenny Sharp's pieces? Um, the best way to describe it for our listeners is kind of cartoons on acid. Oh. Kind of, sort of, with a Disney twist on it. Like uh, Mickey Mouse doing crack? Is that what you're talking about? Kind right of. Now? Let's say Mickey Mouse meets Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Okay. Okay. So the, the, what they did was is they laser printed his artwork onto jackets, shirts, and then my piece, my oat look would be the famous saddlebag that was made famous by Jean Galliano when he was with Dior. The print was all over the bag and I was just in heaven and I want it, want it, want it. Is this from the show? You saw this? Yes. So, okay, but was it actually good because there's something about what you're describing to mm. me. It, so Kenny Scharf's great pop artist, right? Exactly. But just plopping his stuff on a t-shirt, how does that make it fashion? And not something to just be sold at well, the I, Met gift shop. No, well, the... It, ooh! Ooh, I'm sorry. Did he say gift shop? I said Met gift shop, at well, least. That's a little more elevated. <laughs> um, uh, You know what? It's it's the, the execution of it. Like, he would use his... The print would be beaded. Or it would be an embroidery, or it'd be part of a jacket. It wouldn't just be like, here's a print on a t-shirt. It was incorporated into the piece. So I think that kind of elevated it more so than just a print on a t-shirt. But do you think that, I got the t-shirt thing, but like, do, right. you, do you think like the jackets and all that were designed around the art? Or do you think that the art was just placed onto already existing designs? No, I think that you could tell they worked together. It wasn't like, oh, give me some of your piece, your artwork, and then I'll just throw it on. No. You can see that they worked together. Yeah. And I do know that Kim Jones has an affinity for the club world from the 90s, and he even commissioned um, Lady Miss Keir of Delight to do the soundtrack. So Delight is that song, Groove is in the high. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. We have to play licensing for that probably too. Yeah, well, that this is be. a very expensive episode we're doing. Very expensive. But okay, good. So he's like very much in the, And did Kim Jones have his own line before Dior? Ah. Well, before Dior, he was the, the creative director for men's at Louis Vuitton. Yeah. He's the one that actually made Vuitton men's. Yeah, but before that. Before that... I don't... Because I don't think he's ever had a line. It's just interesting to me how he actually, people become I mean, he so comes, influential. Mm -hmm. And then they're really just... They're, they just came out of like fashion school, design school, just met the right people or knew the right people, and all of a sudden they were... Boom. He, this is true, but he, you know, but he went to school with like the likes of Lee McQueen. So okay. he has the same knowledge as big names. He just not was not tapped yet. But I think when he signed on with Louis Vuitton, that was when... That was his... That was it. Because he's brilliant. 
I don't. I have not even looked at that collection. It just always seems like such sneakers and no. jeans and t-shirts. And this and this is only I want to say his third season. So I, you're totally right. But I think if you dive in. It's I good. know. I hope they actually buy the full because anywhere now that like Nordstrom and Saks and all these brands that buy the collections, they're buying the stuff that they can sell easily because people are scared. So they're buying well, yeah. like, t- the t-shirts. That's- they're not buying like these, you know, fantastic fashion pieces. Really. Yeah, that's a sad thing to see. You can tell that buyers now are being a lot more conservative with their buying. Mm-hmm. But it's also the consumer. The consumer's dumber. So the consumer is not buying the fashion pieces. They want just a t-shirt. It's interesting who has the like kids are now saving money to buy a four hundred dollar t shirt. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, I won't even spend four hundred dollars on a t shirt. Oh yeah. That's that's a lie. But I, <laughs> I have no business being four hundred dollars on a t shirt. <laughs> we do have to be a little more frugal these days. I mean, okay, so William, you are the most optimistic person around fashion and stuff. I love I that try about to be. you. It's my beacon of life. Speaking of optimism. I'm going to give you a brand view. Okay. This is a new segment we're doing. Uh, It's called Brand View. I'm going to tell you all about a brand. All about a brand. Did you know how my voice cracked? I'm so nervous to talk about it. Uh, in the Navy, right? So, this, oh my gosh, our third musical selection of right, this one. Right, right. We gotta um, be careful about those songs. We though. do. So, Old Navy. Old Navy. So, Old Navy was founded in 1994. Okay. And it's um, San Francisco based. It's of the same group as Gap, mm-hmm. Banana Republic, mm-hmm. and Athleta. Mm-hmm. So they're all the same. There's four brands in it. And then they own some, there was some other group that they bought too. I never heard of them. So I just assumed it was like a manufacturing thing or just irrelevant. Sorry. If that's your, the other brand I didn't mention is your favorite part of them. Ouch. Um, ouch. But what was interesting is that in 2018, they were looking, I'm sorry, 2019, they were looking at actually separating out the old Navy brand from the other ones and splitting the company up. Oh, I didn't know that. So, Old Navy was going to be on its own, and then Banana Republic, Gap, and Athleta were going to be the other this other company, this new entity. And Gap, Banana Republic, and Athleta, their total annual sales, guess how much they were? 2019. I, and this is once they separated. No, no. So, they ended up not separating. Oh, they didn't do but it. But just guess how much, of the, how much business those brands do. I'm sure it's a fortune. Ten billion dollars. Yes. Yeah. Right. Old Navy, just Old Navy. They probably did the best. Does nine billion dollars? Yes. Old Navy does nine billion dollars, and Banana Republic, Gap, and Athleta together do ten billion dollars. Well, well, the the Old Navy price point speaks to yeah, but bigger. It's a bigger market, right? Yeah. But the, the, the fact is, you didn't have to sell a ton more product. Think how much more oh, product true. you have to sell that's to get true. to those numbers. That's true. It's, it's crazy. So, um, the one thing that really, you know, I, I, do you own any Old Navy? Well, I, be honest. I, well, be honest, no. Mr. Kim Jones. Well, I can be a, a, a bit of a snob in that regard. Yeah, can because, be because a bit. I worked I worked for Banana Republic years and years ago, assistant store manager, and that was kind of like the stepchild of the umbrella of right. brands that you just spoke of. So no, 
Uh, no Old Navy. So you don't own any Old Navy? No. I don't own a single PC there. No. And we are really not the norm. But that being said, I think places like H&M or kind of Zara has kind of gotten in. H&M, TJ Maxx. And uh-huh. Marshalls are uh-huh. the three competitors that they have. They're the ones that take the most of their market share. Now, back in 1992 or mm-hmm. 1993, uh-huh. I grew up in the Central Valley of California, okay. and my mom's best friend heard that they were opening a Gap outlet in the out- outskirts of San Francisco. Right. So we drove up there. It was in a strip mall. It was li- it was crazy, like this old Gap stuff, right? But and what, I'm not done. Sorry, I'm not done. Ah! And what they called it uh-huh. was Old Navy. So Gap's logo is Navy. So the actual name of the whole company came from it's the Old Navy. It's the Old Gap stuff. Ah! So Old Navy was originally the Gap outlet, and then they just found themselves being just attacked with customers wanting to buy the product. Uh-huh. So then they started making product just for the outlet, then they started yeah. making this reduced price product, and yeah. then they just decided to create a brand called Old Navy. Wow. So Old Navy, the name refers to is the old gap stuff. Wow. Isn't that wild? Because if you think about the gap, it's like that navy square yeah. that has gap and white on it. So it's Old Navy. Wow. So that's where the brand, the name of the brand came from. The other thing, so, so I, I learned a lot. So one of the things that they, um, in 2013, they did $6.3 billion. 2016, it went to $6.8 billion. 2017 to $7.238 billion. Wow. 2019, it was at $8 billion. And they're expecting to be at $10 billion by 2023. They have 1,066 stores in the United States as of 2018. Oh, my God. Right? And then they have 14 in Asia, which I'm like, really? Everything's made in Asia. <laughs> do they, do right, they but, ship it to San Francisco? But they, they, do have, they have the romance of it being an American product. Yeah, for quote sure. Quote, unquote. For sure. So that's, It was just funny to me. I'm like, where are I don't know where in Asia they are. I just said Asia. Um, then the other thing, so there's, I want to give you a definition for this next part, okay? Yeah. I, uh, this next part I found to be really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Because if I think about people from, well, not my clients, but people from life, mm-hmm. and really the closets that I've seen when cleaning out closets, mm-hmm. almost everybody had some Old Navy in there. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So brand share. So here's a definition of brand share. Brand share is the quantity of a brand consumers buy compared to other brands of the same product. Okay. Okay? So, like, what's your brand share? So, for example, in designer handbags, I would imagine that Chanel's brand share is 20%. Like, I'd imagine they have a really strong um, position there. Mm -hmm. That when when you look at... You know, on Rodeo Drive today, let's just say they sold a thousand designer handbags today. Like, mm-hmm. what percentage of those were Chanel? What percent were Gucci? What were Fendi? I see. So that's what brand share is. So here is some very interesting statistics for America. Yeah. Old Navy has the number one. They are number one in knit and woven tops. They are the number one in pants. 
non-active wear pants. They are num- really? I, I can. You guys can't see it, but you should see the I'm, look of complete shock. I'm stunned. Wait. Number one in shorts. Now, there's certain categories to this. Is it shorts across, These, the, across, across the board? The board non-active. Or, or shorts non-active shorts. in their price point? Or is it just... So, the, it's, so, you remember, compared to other brands of the same product. So, it's shorts... Wow. Now, non-active. So these are casual shorts. These are not right. gym shorts. Right. Right? Number one in shorts. Number one in sweaters. And number two in dresses and skirts. Wow. They are the number two apparel brand in the country. In terms of market share. Wow. They are the number six apparel retailer. Now, when you think about it, it actually does make sense because they've got a thousand something stores. Mm-hmm. It's affordable by all. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I, I was just a, amazed when I was reading these numbers. Then they're the fourth largest apparel e commerce site. Fourth largest. That's crazy. I mean, so the amount of um, power. The amount of power they have in the market is amazing. They are number five in active. Okay, now here's what you got to get about active. Who's in active? Nike, Adidas, Puma, Lululemon. Yeah. And they're number five in active. They're number... Ready for this next one? You got to close your mouth. I I was like... I I mean, I knew they did well, of course, but I didn't know like that. It's it's their breadth. It's how broad their brand is. Number three in denim. They're the number three denim brand in this country in terms of sales. Wow. And they're number two in kids and baby. Now, I got very curious as to who was number one, and I couldn't figure it out. But I would say probably Oshkosh Bagosh or Carter's or something or like did, that. Or would they, wouldn't they compete with big... Gap Baby? Yep, they would compete with Gap Baby and they'd compete with all that. But I'm pretty sure they've way surpassed it because their number was 9 million and those other brands were 10 for all three brands. Oh, right. So then, um, 2020, so just this year, they, um, they're also a very generous company. So one of the things that they did, there are a couple things that they did this year that I found very interesting and very um, socially responsible, which you'd expect from a company based in San Francisco. Right. They paid their staff to be poll workers in this election. So anybody that wanted to go and be a poll worker for the election, they paid their they paid them. Wow. They then also made a thirty million dollar donation, cash donation to families in need. Oh my god. With food with food problems. That's right? beautiful. And then then we were so they said Cyber Monday. So it's the Monday after I thought it was Cyber Tuesday, but No. Is Cyber, it Cyber Monday. Monday? What's wrong with me? Black Friday and then Cyber Monday, yeah. Right. Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. They sold, they had 1,100 orders a minute. This year? This year. Wow. So there was a hot, there were a hot two hours on there, and it was the highest, biggest volume of, they say, almost any other vendor in there, too. But it was 1,100 orders a minute. Oh my That's god! In my head, I'm trying. I'm, I'm having a headache. In my head, I'm I'm doing 1,100 times 24 hours. You know, a day. Yeah. That's 
Wow. But that's 11 hours a minute, not an hour. Oh, you're right. So it's 11 hours a minute, and that was for a two-hour time period. So $1,100 a minute. Right. Right? And there's 60 minutes in an hour. It 60 minutes in an hour. Right. So that's 66,000 orders an hour. My head is exploding. Right? So two hours... It's 132,000 orders. That's 132,000 boxes from a two-hour window. That's bananas. It's bananas. It is bananas. And when I look at that, I just think of myself as, you know, you've got to have respect for the brands. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, we can be here and go like, oh, I'm not wearing Old Navy. But there is, like, a lot of respect for a brand that can do that. And but it also it also speaks to because I never really understood it because I didn't do the research that you obviously have done. Why over the years so many people that have come from luxury brands like VPs of luxury yeah. brands wound up at Gap Inc. They're making a lot of money. They're making a lot of money. Yeah. So it's it is so you they know, can pay that they can pay and they also have. Um, they're about the democracy of style. So this is what they said. I love that. The democracy of style and their brand and company is all about inclusion and that all people have access to fashion, which is totally my jam. I'm like so about that. And that's even what we're doing here. Yeah. So it was really fascinating to me to think of them that way and then to think that there's um, people can just go and get their act. Now, do I think that they could change the mix up and get a little more fashion, change it up a little bit, probably have a little more fashion in there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure they're thinking about oh, and I'm they're sure. competing with H&M and mm-hmm. all those places. But it's just, and the, their their next area that they're going to grow in is plus. So they're going to grow in plus sizes. That's where they're putting a new focus in. So you can actually have plus sizes in every store. Because right now, plus sizes are mostly online and in some stores. Ah, yeah. And then they're going to do pajamas and intimates and personal care. So these are areas that they're going to grow into. But when I started thinking about that, Old Navy is the number one sweaters, the number one shorts. And I just started, well, that can't be right. But then I started thinking about other brands. Like, what other brand? Like... J. Crew, I mean, J. Crew's expensive. Yeah, J. Crew's too expensive. Yeah. So you just like look and say, like, what on earth? So it's just an amazing. So that is that is the brand view of Old Navy. And one of the other things that they've done is you'll notice that Old Navies are set up mostly near big box retailers, so they're not a big mall store. Seventy-five mm-hmm. percent of their businesses are set up near Best Buy, near um, Fry's Electrics. Mm-hmm. Near a supermarket in a in a in a strip mall situation, mm-hmm. and the reason is the leases are more flexible, huh. and they're able to come and go and negotiate more on their lease because they're not dealing with all the neighbor situations of a mall. Oh. which I found to be really really fascinating. And their upcoming growth, they're going to do thirty to forty new stores per year, so they're slowed down. Because of COVID. That's right. a slowed down number. Wow. And they're going to be focusing on areas with less, uh, with a population of less than 200,000. Huh. And so they're going to be going into more rural areas and becoming like the place for people to go and shop and be able to get clothes and, and buy product. I, I don't know. I was, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, Old Navy, what am I getting myself into? And as I started reading about it and listening to it, I was very, very intrigued and very interested by what the brand has been able to go and do. So that is 
Old Navy. Well, I know that what you just said about going into rural areas, I, that's going to be huge. Huge. Because where my sister lives in Champaign, Illinois, the choices to where to even get clothes, period, are so limited. Yeah. I know right now if they open one, they would make a... Make a, a killing. A killing. So yeah. they And they to- supposedly have amazing polar fleeces and amazing tees and amazing... And we have not received any money from them. We're not... That's not what we're doing. It's just a brand this view. This is just literally a brand view. We're just taking a look at what the brand is doing. And wow. we can give props where props are due. And there are definitely some props. Oh, Kudos. To Old Navy for what they've created since 1994. Fine, yeah. So, speaking of, just to wrap up, I want to talk to you about something really near and dear to my heart. Uh-oh. And this is pajamas. Now, you're a proper guy who likes to wear a caftan to a wedding. So, I'm assuming when well, you to go a to a pool party. But to a pool party. Right. right. I'm assuming uh-huh. when you go to bed, you have, like, Brooks Brothers buttoned-up pajamas with drawstring pants, and you, like, are all dressed to go to bed. Well, it's interesting you say that. I'm kind of across the board. I'm either a... Because my mom and sister are in medicine, I'm a just a scrubs guy. I'll wear scrubs. Scrubs? Yeah. Like medical scrubs? Yeah. That's not my, like, I can't get no scrubs. No, scrubs. no, no. That's like our fourth song we're no. going to pay for now. Paging Dr. Harmon. No, that's, that's scrub. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'll, so I'll scrubs. either do that or I like a two-piece pajama. Oh my god! I just imagine that I, every time I've tried to wear pajamas, I wake up strangling myself, popping buttons off. It is not. I sleep buck naked. But honestly, it's always one of the two pieces. I'm not like a pajama top and the bottom. I'll wear one or the other. You know, or back in the day, in the summer, you wear pajamas to bed. In the summer, I'm just in like in like sweatshorts. I I. I just can't. I just go naked all the time. And then the winter, I put on socks. So I wear like football socks and go to bed naked. I mean, I swear. Can if my we house get a catches, visual of that? I mean, if my house catches on fire, we go run out in the middle of the street looking like that. A scarf and just socks. You'll be out there with one of those like Christmas hats that's like coming down your side and plaid, drinking hot cocoa, watching me freeze to death. <laughs> Cupping myself in front of my, in front of all my neighbors. <laughs> but like in like my during as a kid, it was all about like thermals or a one piece thermal. Well, I remember growing up, we always used, my grandmas would always get us these really fabulous. I think it was my grandma. It's probably my mom. But we just like you know trucks or you know fire engines, yeah. and all that. But then, and then I remember I wanted to have pajama shorts when I was living in the dorms in college. But then after that, I was just. Oh no! I just, I just, I move around too much at night. I think, and I just can't. And I also remember. I don't know if you did it. Did you ever do the uh, buffalo plaid or plaid pullover? It almost was almost like a long shirt, but I do no. it in plaid. No, honey, no. No, we're California. You were like somewhere else. Yeah, well, we, yeah, I yeah. Was in California, we weren't doing that. We were yeah. doing truck two pieces. Right, but I'm sure they were doing it like in Big Bear, places I, like that. I guess. I don't know. That's also one of the things, like, when I look at all those beautiful contemporary apartments that they build everywhere that have, like, floor-to-ceiling glass windows and all that, I'm like, I'm naked too much in my house to be running around. Well, that's when you got to step up your pajama game. I guess I do. Well, I will work on my pajama game. Please. I will. And I'll report all of that to you in our next episode of What What You Wearing. Wearing.